The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Loso Coasters, there's been some changes made to the laws surrounding motorised scooters. We're going to talk about it with Troy Bell in a moment. Jade Hill's going to join me from Sapol. There is a focus right now with South Australian Police on older road users. We're going to find out all the details. And you might have heard me talking about the dual naming project from Council. Well, I have got a very special guest and she is about to join me. Arnie Michelle Jacqueline Fur is a Bowendick elder and she is going to explain the meaning behind some of the Aboriginal names that are being adopted by council for some of our famous tourist spots. As we get into it this morning, I have a very special guest on the line though. Arnie Michelle, hello. Matikaru, which is good morning or good day. Auntie Michelle, tell me about being a Bowendick elder first of all. Being a Bowendick elder, oh, well, that completely took me. I thought we were talking about dual naming. Look, being a Bowendick elder, a traditional owner here in Berrin, um, is extremely important. It's a role that I take very seriously. Um, you're a role model for community and you're imparting knowledge. Um, and, you know, you need to be seen to be doing things around town. You need to be respected by your community and, um, I guess, respected by... Um, when I say community, I mean the Aboriginal and Torres Strait community, mm. but also by the community in general. Arnie so, Michelle, I a am, big role. I am over the moon that the council has decided to instigate dual naming of places here in the Blue Lake City. What does it mean for somebody like you as a Bowendick elder? Um, look, language is a connection to country. It's to our people, to our ancestors, to each other. We've been um, revitalising that sleeping language of boom and ditch. And now to see that the council is taking on that dual naming, it, it just shows respect for the Bowendick people. It shows respect for um, elders, for all of us, um, for everyone here in community. So it's a, it's a big thing. And for people who don't necessarily know how to pronounce the, the dual naming place names, are you able to give us a little bit of a hint as to how to do it? Yeah, well, I think what's going to happen with the dual naming is, is there'll be um, maybe the, the QR codes will be eventually put up there with the um, English pr- name and then the pronunciation. So, for instance, the ones we're doing at the moment, we're doing Upperston Cave, and um, that one is Ballumble. So Ballumble, and that means buttercup. So we assume that uh, when it was named that by the Bowendick people, there must have been lots of flowers that look like buttercups around that area. Mm. Um, we come on then to Thuggy, which is the cave gardens, a very popular um, site. And Thuggy, it means bullfrog. So again, must have been lots of croaking. We don't have bullfrogs in Australia, but it must have been... Um, a, a bullfrog type of frog around that when the white settlers saw that and they heard the people um, saying Thuggy, they referred it then to that frog. Thuggy mm. um, is the home place of Merka, one of the Bowendick ancestral giants. So the next one is up at our beautiful lake area. And of course, this is, this is all to do with the Crate Bull area, all the creations um, that uh, Crate Bull made with his ovens around the um, southeast. And um, the first one up there that they're naming is Wawar, which is the Blue Lake. So it's Wawar. And again, Wawar is crows. 
means the home of the crow. So obviously around there when the Bowendick people were up there, uh, the crows were around. Wah, 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 you hear that noise? Mm-hmm. And hence we're thinking that's, that's how that got that name. So Blue Lake is wah, wah. The next lake over is Yatinlu, um, and that was the leg of Mutton Lake. So Yatinlu. The next one further is the Valley Lake, and that's Ketla Malpi. So Ketla Malpi. Um, and that means sacred tree. So to the Bowendick people, that was a sacred area, whether it was for men's ceremonies or women, uh, we're not quite sure. But um, Ketla Malpi means sacred tree. Uh, the final lake is Browns Lake, and uh, that is Krawatawari. Krawatawari. And that is Road of the Emu. So again, lots of emus around that area. So I think I covered them all. I think that's it. Arnie Michelle, it is fascinating to hear you talk about the the backstory of the names from the dual naming project. Will we see more names uh, being dual named in the Limestone Coast as a result of of what's been started by the City of Mount Gambier Council? I'm sure we will. I mean, the council's uh, very forward, you know, planning and they're ongoing. So this is just the start. And I think we're going to start with significant sites um, that, that are pertinent to the uh, Bowendick people, as we've started now. We'll go on further with that, and then eventually who knows where it will lead to. It's just wonderful. It's, it's, it's a real... This renaming, this dual naming, using our language, it's the start of the healing process for um, Aboriginal people to see that brought back again. Arnie Michelle, I think it's an absolutely sensational project. I have been raving about it. Thank you for joining us for a chat this morning and giving us an extended insight into the meanings behind the names that are being adopted by council. No worries. Woo-woo. Goodbye. What a fascinating lady. Arnie Michelle, Jacqueline Fur, Bowendick Elder, talking to us this morning. Now it's time to catch up with a member for Mount Gambier, Troy Bell. Hello. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Now, Troy, first of all, over the weekend, all the candidates for the uh, the city of Mount Gambier got together for a bit of a forum. How did that go? I think it went really well. It was a good chance for the community to um, ask questions and, and see where um, each of the parties line up with their commitments for Mount Gambier. And, uh, you know, people are starting to see things in their, in their letterboxes and it was a good chance to, uh, you know, put the candidates through um, a bit of a stress test, I suppose, and, and, and see how they perform. So what are the major issues, I suppose, that you took away from the forum on the weekend? Uh, certainly investment in, in health, um, very big issue. Uh, had an ambulance um, personnel there who were talking about, uh, you know, uh, what the commitment is from both Liberal and Labor, and it's pretty stark at the moment. The Liberal Party are uh, promising 51 ambulance officers, but uh, they'll all be located in Adelaide. Uh, Labor are promising 300 across the state, and uh, 24 of those will be based in Mount Gambier. So that was a big issue. Um, Homelessness, um, domestic violence and and mental health, certainly uh, up there in terms of the issues that we've got to address. it's probably led into uh, a forum that I'm holding on Wednesday this week, which is tomorrow, uh, with all the agencies to just see what policies need to be put in place, what investments needed. Uh, I've got three ladies at the moment who are escaping domestic violence who cannot find a place. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I think everybody knows about uh, uh, the prices of housing and, and rentals in Mount Gambier. It's, mm. it's gone through the roof and there's plenty of young people who just can't get into the market. And we've got a lot of professionals, Ewan, that um, have come here for work uh, and can't get a, uh, a house. So I know of two teachers that were down here um, staying in a caravan park and they've moved back to Adelaide because they just cannot get a, uh, a rental in, in Mount Gambier. Mm. Troy, one of the other things that uh, is happening at the moment, there's been some changes in regards to motorised scooters and you were instrumental in making this change happen. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, it's one of those uh, fantastic stories that, uh, you know, you, you really enjoy uh, doing your job. Uh, so I had a, a gentleman, Laurie Mann, come and see me and just point out to me that uh, the actual road rules for um, scooters hadn't changed in you know, many, many years. And in actual fact, there was a 110 kilo limit on the scooters. Mm. Um, the problem is that um, at 110 kilos, it hasn't got the power to, to get up hills and, um, uh, you know, the, the, the torque that's needed to uh, get around Mount Gambier safely. So I went and worked with the uh, uh, Minister for Transport. He was pretty reluctant at the start because they want to keep a uniform uh, set of rules across Australia and, and we've actually signed up as South Australia to the Australian National Road Rules. Um, but in talking to him and his Chief of Staff and uh, pointing out the inconsistencies between South Australia and Queensland where Queensland will allow up to 170 kilo scooters, um, he um, uh, changed the legislation for us and um, now people can um, um, get a a scooter up to 170 kilos and that that's a, a big win for um you know those with disabilities those on um uh pensions that type of stuff so yeah one of those really good outcomes and troy how can people find out more information in regards to the changes and and how it's going to affect them well they can uh, certainly come into my office or uh uh, look on the, the government website. Uh, I believe it's changed from 110 kilos to 175. Uh, the other important thing is they're still limited to 10 kilometres an hour um, on, um, you know, footpaths and that type of stuff. So mm. there is a safety element there. Absolutely. Uh, by, by all means, uh, come in or uh, look on the government website. Hey, Troy, it's always good to catch up with what's going on. Elections only weeks away. We might talk again before that happens. Have a great day, mate. You too, Ewan. Cheers, mate. Bye. Member for Mount Gambier, Troy Bell, joining me this morning. Now it's time to catch up with South Australian Police. Jade Hill is on the line. Jade, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. How are you? Good. Jade, over the weekend, you guys held a fantastic event out at Bunnings. Plate safe. It was, uh, it was a great success. Yeah, it was. SA Police, Bunnings, Mount Gambier and various Rotary Clubs from Mount Gambier all participated in the Plate Safe event. It was held on Sunday the 27th between 10am and 2pm up at Bunnings Car Park, Panola Road, Mount Gambier. And the event was designed to provide the community with an opportunity to have anti-theft screws fitted to their vehicle registration plates free of charge in order to prevent victimisation within our community for this type of offending. Recently there has been an escalation in, in a bit of a trend with registration plate thefts in the Limestone Coast, particularly in and around Mount Gambier, um, which is what the driver was for this event. 
Bunnings did donate the screws um, and local Rotarians donated their time and tools to fit them to the vehicles and people were able to remain in their vehicles and have engagement with SA Police who handed out information and educational material on vehicle security, police contact cards and crime stoppers along with some handouts for kids as well. Feedback from the community was that they were really appreciative and grateful to Bunnings and the Rotarians and SA Police. Mm. But I'd also like to, t- to thank our um, community for being so proactive in crime prevention by attending. We did have 224 cars fitted out with anti-spest screws, which See, is a great See, that's sensational. Outcome. Yeah, huge. Yeah, really good turnout. Um, and I'd also like to thank Bunnings, Mount Gambier and our Rotarians who have greatly assisted our community against becoming victims of this sort of crime. Now, Jade... Obviously, with such a success of uh, the Plate Safe event, will there be maybe another later on in the year? Yeah, there is opportunity. So we spoke with Bunnings, uh, the coordinator there, and they are happy to uh, assist with this kind of community event. And our Rotarians were certainly proud to be a part of it. And SA Police are always working at um, keeping our community safe. And this is a really good initiative. So I'm sure there will be future events and they will be promoted um, when the time's right. Mm, Absolutely. Now, Jade, one of the things that is, uh, I suppose, taking place at the moment, there is a spotlight on older drivers. Can you explain what's going on? Yeah, there's a new advertising campaign and it's the first of its kind in South Australia. It will target the over-representation of older drivers in serious injuries and lives lost and on the state's roads. People aged over 70 years make up 13% of our population, yet account for 23% of lives lost and 13% of serious injuries on our roads. So in the period 2015 to 2019, on average there were 23 lives lost and 94 serious injuries amongst senior road users each year. SAPOL's Media Road Safety Unit has developed a mass media advertising campaign to educate older drivers and their families on how to recognise the signs of increased vulnerability and reduce the incidence of road trauma amongst the older driving cohort. GPs will also be targeted with the life-saving messages, encouraging them to start conversations with their older patients. The campaign concepts were carefully developed to address the true experience of older drivers and to empower drivers to recognise the signs of increasing vulnerability. SA's peak body representing older people, the Council on the Ageing, was consulted in the development of the campaign and is supportive in the campaign's approach as well. So the campaign addresses the scenarios that can cause additional stress to older drivers, such as driving at night, driving in bad weather or driving on busier roads. And it asks older people, their family members and their medical carers to consider avoiding these high-risk situations or to consider alternative modes of transport. We recognise that independence is very important in the life of older South Australians and this campaign has been developed with great respect. We want to empower older drivers and their families to talk about reducing the risks of driving if it is becoming more stressful, scary or less safe. Reviewing our driving and reducing, changing or stopping driving is a very big decision but it doesn't have to mean a reduction in lifestyle quality. Whether driving in metropolitan or regional areas, drivers need to be confident that they are adopting the safest possible behaviours and modifying their transport plans accordingly. So you and this um, first burst of the campaign went live on Sunday the 27th of February across TV, print, radio, outdoor advertising and GP clinics alike and will run until the end of March 2022. Jade, for anybody who wants more information, is there a way for them to find out more? Yeah, certainly they can um, go to the SA Police website and pay attention to to those campaign videos because they have got some great messaging. Jade, it is always good to catch up to find out what's making news from the Limestone Coast Police. We'll catch up next week and talk again. 
Thanks, Ewan. Have a good week and stay safe. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back Friday morning with everything Limestone Coast. Don't forget to catch up with everything happening across the Limestone Coast. Make sure you look out for the Mount Gambier Local Guide on Listener. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 Triple M.